Another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. This week, I jump on the mic with Anna. She's a really rad human from Vancouver, who admittedly I have followed through many different chapters in admiration from afar, mostly on Instagram. From sweaty pursuits to rad community events to getting punched in the face. I mean, I just knew her as Anna Banana, and I thought you could count on this chick for something big, bad, and sometimes bloody. And it was definitely a space that, you know, she, dare I say, fought in, both as an entrepreneur and in a sweaty landscape that was very male-dominated. And she constantly showed up as a really raging, proud female. Anna then went through a few transitions. Her name changed on Instagram. I saw more color in her wardrobe. I thought, what's going on with this woman? She had reached out to us to do some coaching and some some work with her resume and figuring out her new chapter, the now what? And through that, it's been nothing short of inspiring to see her land a new gig, to marry the man of her dreams, and to start a new life chapter. So it felt fitting that she was on the podcast this week. And I hope you enjoy these honest conversations with Anna. Anna, I've only known you as Anna Banana, and now mm. you are Anna, and I don't even know how you want your last name to go. What I know for sure is that you've gone through transitions. So before we dive in and I give you any introduction, will you introduce yourself as you are, as, as you proclaim and declare yourself to be today? Oof. It's just my name, right? Not like my whole no. You can tell us anything. Okay. I just okay. have to say how exciting it is. You know, it's like Instagram to real life. For sure. Well, to be honest, a really big thing happened. I changed my Instagram name mm. as part of, yeah, making that shift in who I am. And obviously, well, not obviously, but I did just get married. I did make the choice to change my name and I'm very excited about it. So formerly Anna Perrant, now Anna Caravan. Formerly Van City Banana. Oh, Van Instagram. City. Yeah. And now I'm just, I'm shifting into this idea of creating, yeah, a new chapter for myself. And that is, you know, nowadays, part of that is changing your Instagram name. So I am Anna Caravan. And yeah, my story, I guess in business, I, I started as an entrepreneur in the boxing boutique fitness wellness space and did that for a solid seven years. Did that through the pandemic, which is a whole other journey. And just recently sold my half of the company in 2021 and then transitioned into taking on more roles with entrepreneurs and different partnerships, working marketing brand and operations. So been slowly transferring out of the wellness space and out of teaching and coaching and boxing into more of a back and helping to create entrepreneurs visions from behind the lens. Yeah. I love that you share this. I love that you tell us about the power of changing your Instagram handle, because that's no Mm -hmm. joke. And only in whatever capacity you'd like to share, I think you've had experience in creating new chapters in your life so far. And I love that you dove into here's a new business chapter. And I'm wondering if you're willing to go behind the lens of your own life and share any new chapters that you've created 
personally before you entered this chapter one, two, three in business. And I think they all kind of fold into each other, you know, like I started out in through my, something I was thinking about today that I don't really share often is I actually dropped out of high school grade 10. So I wasn't, I didn't complete high school. That wasn't my journey. It did not work for me. I was struggling a lot as a teenager and a young adult with both like substance abuse and mental health stuff. And so when I was 21, I feel like everything happens in about seven year increments, literally in my life. I know they say that they, whoever they is, but that is a thing. So yeah, I shifted when I was 21 into sobriety and recovery and crafted a life of health and wellness and giving back and working with a lot of people in addiction and recovery and supportive like volunteer roles and that sort of stuff. And then around 30, I started working with a bunch of different entrepreneurs as their right hand. So a lot of the times I would be their executive assistant, I would be an operations manager or a personal assistant. And I really got to have that, I guess it's like the school of life, really. Like my schooling was practical application and being amongst people that ran businesses and learned from what they were doing really well and what I thought was working. But then I also learned what I felt was not working and how I would choose not to run a business should I ever have one. And through that experience, one after the other, the last person that I worked for before I started to become an entrepreneur, there was just some things that did not line up morally. And so Mm -hmm. it was really powerful to me because my biggest asset in that company was myself, was my integrity, was the relationships that I was creating in the community Yet I didn't have control over some of the business decisions that reflected on me. And I really didn't like that alignment. So it really inspired me to create my own culture by starting a business, by starting the company that I was starting and creating those values and relationships within the community on my own terms, which was really Mm -hmm. cool. That was like a powerful experience for me. And I did that for, you know, seven, eight years. And now kind of going through that next season, there's so much that I learned through being an entrepreneur, but there's so much that people don't talk about as well on the flip side. Mm -hmm. And I know it feels kind of like the golden goose. I don't even know if that's a reference, but it feels like a lot of people are striving for that, which is awesome. But so much of myself got lost in that process my ability to compartmentalize, you know, that grind culture, all of these things that played into my identification with who I am as a business, as who I am at my core, I couldn't really like differentiate, not that you necessarily have to, but there was never a time that I could really turn off. And Mm -hmm. through, you know, that constant feeling of responsibility to make sure I'm relevant in business, you know, sales, making sure staff are good, like just constant, you know, right. You wear every single hat and every single angle of business. You're like figuring it out. You know, I had like, I know people use this word too a lot, but like massive burnout. And I have hormone stuff that happened from just years of stress and not really paying attention to myself in that way. And over the last two years and through COVID and selling my company, this sort of like giant exhale of just imagining this life and just seeing now the companies putting their values 
at the forefront and then being like, wow, I can choose to work for someone based off of what they, how they carry themselves in the world. That's like a newer concept, right? Like 15 years ago, I was just working for someone that I thought was kind of cool, but like you didn't really know, or it wasn't as widely talked about in terms of their integrity in business. And so now like even working with WorkLab and Alaline and these companies that are so amazing, I'm like, oh man, I can recreate my relationship with work and I can align with these companies and support them in these beautiful practices. And I can also just take some space for me and it's okay to not be the one in charge. It's okay for me to not be the one that has all the responsibility. Like I can be in that supportive place. And I find that really powerful and really freeing. Mm -hmm. So transitioning into this role is very, very exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. I can feel it energetically. You know, it feels like there's a weight that lifts and there's a lightness Mm -hmm. and there's Mm -hmm. a vibrancy that says, you know, I'm here to be of service because I know what you mean. And I think that you, you hit on something that I want to go back to, which is the lessons you learned in working for entrepreneurs. And I want to start there with perhaps the best lesson and Mm. dare I say like the worst or what, what was something that was really ugly that you were like, I don't want that. And of course, not mentioning any names, just the Mm -hmm. lesson that you then took on to your own journey of entrepreneurship. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of two sides of the same coin and it really comes down to relationships Mm. and my most powerful tool. And I witnessed this when it went really poorly and Mm. I witnessed it when it went really well and is how you treat people like from every single facet of your business, whether that's your supplier, your staff, I mean, every angle, it seems like such a no brainer, but it isn't, it wasn't, at least when I was previously working for people, it just, it wasn't consistent for me, treating people like people, like just human to human, right? It's Mm -hmm. so simple, but we get, I mean, generally speaking, you can get caught, well, I can get caught up as an individual in putting people in different brackets. And I've witnessed how that erosion of toxicity would filter through a company. Like it's from the top down, right? And so if the person at the very top is behaving in a way in their interactions with the Cisco supplier or whatever, you know what I mean? Vendor, it's like that stuff permeates through the company and becomes okay. And then I witnessed that on the opposite side where, you know, it's just like mutual respect. So I really found that the power of having good business relationships and good relationships in general which really comes down to having emotional intelligence, in my opinion, and being able to really know yourself and who you are in relation to other people, which takes Mm -hmm. work, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to think that it's obvious and it's not always. And we'd love to think it's a no brainer or there's a book you can read about that. There's a place that Mm -hmm. you can learn. And until you realize how people actually treat people, it doesn't matter what's written in the book, especially like during times of stress, because shit is stressful, right? And things go missing, or someone forgets to do something or whatever, there's so many things that compound. So yeah, it's being able to manage your internal dialogue in those moments so that you can show Mm -hmm. up as the person that you want to be and nobody's perfect, right? But being able to take ownership, right? Like I've definitely maybe chirped or said something that was like, I wish I wasn't so like sharp when I said it, but being able to circle back and have that conversation. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Take to everything. Yeah. Responsibility. Okay. So then if we go to the next chapter, which was called boxing and coaching in the Mm -hmm. fitness space, admittedly, I know nothing about boxing. Mm -hmm. And in that space, now you are like not putting on gloves or what do you call it? Like wrapping your hands. I'm not getting punched in the face currently. You're currently not getting punched in the face. That's a beautiful thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And yet, what have you taken from that era of your life to this chapter? Boxing in general, if you want to learn anything about how you are in confrontation, (laughs) I mean, boxing is a very good way to find out. Strong truth teller. I think even just learning recreationally, it's just a different energy output. So I feel like it teaches you a lot about your body in that sense, being able to assert yourself. And yeah, I think some of the things that I've learned that I've carried over, like the amount of anxiety and stress that I felt going into actually fighting someone, nothing has since compared. So I have like this really good baseline to be like, well, at least I'm not walking into the ring to get in a physical fight with someone. Like that's a good baseline for anxiety or stress and everyone has a different experience with that I just was like always kind of freaked out about it naturally and just feeling assertive in my body Mm. has been a really good I wouldn't even say lesson it's just been a really good takeaway Mm. that I feel confident in my body to protect myself or people around me. And not to say if something were to go down, the person that's attacking me is not going to square up and have like a sophisticated exchange. But I still feel like I carry myself in that way. And that to me has been a good thing. Yeah, fair. How did you get into boxing? Uh, Through working in the downtown east side. So I worked at Insight for three years, managing uh, the safe injection site. And my girlfriend was boxing at the Astoria and she just invited me down one day and I was looking for something to help. I couldn't even articulate it properly, probably at the time, but something to just shift the energy a little bit and help me show up to work and kind of like cleanse the palate. And it's obviously a challenge, but it's also very intellectual. It's very precise. It's very technical. So I really appreciated the mental component of it. It's very Mm -hmm interesting because in my opinion you can't really plateau there's just Mm -hmm. always something or another layer that you can get to so yeah I really like that about it Hmm. do you still box I do I would say not nearly as much I have been taking clients for a lot of years so I think my focus was mostly on other people Mm -hmm. and injuries and just sort of sometimes the things that you really really love or at least in my experience, something that was like a huge passion of mine became my job, which then didn't become my passion. Mm -hmm. So I think in the next coming season, I do see myself finding that again for myself, which Mm -hmm. is part of the reason of stepping away from being a coach is to have my body back for me. And that's been kind of cool to experience. Yeah. Not getting punched in the face is kind of cool for a moment in time. Yeah. Or even holding pads, the impact and like the energetic impact of someone else transferring their energy. Right. And I just, I don't think I really took into consideration where that compounds inside myself. Yeah, totally. Well, the reason I ask is because we are so 
passionate about healthy leaders leading healthy businesses and whatever form of sweat and however you move your body is so important, so essential. Mm -hmm. And to your point, sometimes there are pieces we don't talk about and it is the overexertion. It is the too much of something without the balance, without the care. And you spoke about that as it relates to, you know, entrepreneurship and now supporting entrepreneurs or supporting businesses. Yet I'm wondering if we can stay with your body for another moment Mm. to say, how are you transitioning? How are you moving your body differently? How does it feel in your body to go through that? And it's like, is there withdrawal? Is there chemical reactions? No. Okay. Say more. Yeah. So as I was selling my business and kind of moving away from boxing slightly, uh, was when I connected with Taryn and Katie from Alaline who Katie has been hinting at me to take this body certification for years. So I did their certification and I was like, oh, there's a whole other side to movement that I didn't think that I liked because mm-hmm. I had put myself in this box of, I like things that are fast, things that are intense, I sweat. And then I realized the flip side of that, that other part, that neuro like the um, parasympathetic, the slowing down, the strength and softness, all these other sides that were also equally as interesting because bodies is very technical and it opens up a completely different side of myself. So that was really cool to even be like, there's other options for me to feel inside my body, which actually connects me to different parts of myself, right? Mm. If I'm boxing, I'm feeling a certain way. And then when I am doing Pilates, I'm feeling a certain way. And as an individual, I'm not one or the other, I'm all of them. Mm. So can I allow myself space to choose or move through all modalities as a holistic human being? And that was really cool. Like until I found Aline and Katie and Taryn, I I wouldn't have thought to choose that for myself. So Mm. yeah, it was kind of a divine timing for sure. Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned choosing things for yourself and I'm wondering, I'm curious how you have gone about making the choices you have from, you know, yes, you sold your business, which is a big deal um, Mm -hmm. not to be taken lightly. And then you could choose any path. And so what was the spark, the divinity that said, you know, (sighs) Anna, this is the next chosen path. And more importantly, I want to know how you've given yourself the grace and the permission to make these new choices, because I think that's what people really struggle with. Yeah, I can relate. And I think that it was less about exactly what it was and more about how I want to feel. And I know that sounds potentially very esoteric, but I kind of could visualize what it looked like in the sense that I didn't always wear black stretchy pants or, you know what I mean? Like I was working with people that I felt gave me a return on my investment energetically, or there was qualities that I was focused on getting, but I didn't necessarily know it was going to be Aline. I didn't know that it was necessarily going to be work lab. And I think that's Mm. the beauty and the, terrifying nature of navigating life right and not that this is this is not a shameless plug y'all didn't pay me to say this but connecting with Cicely and your team and doing 
the booklet that I did purchase that. And that really did help me because during that time, I didn't know. And I applied mm-hmm. for lots of jobs without any direction, not even updating my resume that was like a decade old. And it's very overwhelming. And I think mm-hmm. being able to work with individuals or have a structure to actually outline what those things are and what's important to you was so helpful. Like, Mm. I I think I really needed that to even know for myself, like what it is I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, I know I need to change, but I don't exactly know what it is, but just even starting there. I mean, it's like just even acknowledging that that shift is something that you want to happen is a very important (sighs) step. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, thank you for the plug. I'm honored. And it's literally why I wake up in the morning. And sometimes I forget Mm -hmm. that I'm an entrepreneur. And I forget that literally I live for the hustle. Because I think I don't identify it as the hustle. I identify it as my life now. And there Mm -hmm. is a point in time. And what's important is like, there are times that it feels like the hustle. Yes. And and I acknowledge that there are other times that it truly just feels like dharma. You know, when you find that flow that you're willing to unattach from certain pieces of it and let something die to bring something else to life and like keep the Mm. flow going, it's essential. And sometimes that means selling a company. Sometimes it means starting something new. And to your point, I don't think it's esoteric. I mean, it, it can be esoteric and yet it's the truest thing to say, how do I want to feel at work today? If you can answer that question how do I want to feel with my partner? How do I want to feel in my home? It feels like the most essential question. So I love that you start yeah. there for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think it allows you to not attach to specific outcomes. Yeah. Outcomes, titles, locations. Yeah. Yeah. I've, said th- I've said this before. One of my favorite manifesting or future state exercises was when a good friend said, tell me about your life when you're 60 years old. So not just a 10 year goal but like what's the vision really far out and now I realize that I'm like closer to 60 than I than I was previously (laughs) and it's not necessarily about 60 I'm just wondering in this transition do you have a far out vision that you're either hanging on to or you've manifested or created because I can only imagine that your vision now as Anna with a new last name is not what it was when you identified as a banana if you will for sure. No, I appreciate the reference. I feel like seven years is the longest I can mm. visualize in this next chunk of change. And it really has to do with the sense of coming home. Mm. And that is geographically, that is physically, that is mm. emotionally. I think stripping myself of who I think I'm supposed to be in this world and really sinking into who I want to be and who I am. And Mm -hmm. I think that just has a lot to do with taking away the noise, taking Mm -hmm. away the things that are not necessary in order to just really simplify things. Like I just want to relax. So that looks like growing food. That looks like the lights aren't as bright. I don't hear sirens on my street. That looks like dogs and ocean Mm -hmm. dips and calm evenings and red wine. Magic. Magic. Well, I think that's the perfect place. And when the clock strikes finish, I have to ask one last question. And that is right now in this moment, Anna, what is making your heart beat faster? Like excited? 
anything anything uh i mean wearing this nice new ring and having a husband it's pretty having yeah it's pretty hot i i do have to say i've leaned into the traditionalness of having a husband i don't even know what that means but i feel like it was a really beautiful experience to make that commitment with someone and start this life together and yeah, it's been nice to come home and, and look forward to that. It's a beautiful thing. Here's to love. Well, yeah. here's to coming home. And I appreciate the time. It's a treasure to get to meet this version of you and yeah. uncover your now what. And I'm excited for all of your coming home. So thank you so much for your time. And I will see you soon at Work Lab. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Well, here's to love and here's to feeling at home in your body, with your partner, and hopefully with your work. I can't help but plug at the end of this pod, her mention of the now what. She joined the program online and used some printed out workbooks that are available. The now what did begin as a digital online program. It's now since become a book, my first book, something that I'm super proud of. The books currently line my bookshelf awaiting to be mailed to you. So if you're interested in a new chapter in your seven-year journey or 17-year journey, I hope that you'll pick up a copy, you'll sign up for the course, or drop us a line because we really care about what your version of the Now What is.